KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and standing by to join me is guitarist, songwriter, and singer and guitar instructor, Janet Robin. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good to be here. I was checking out your bio uh, on your website and I didn't know you performed with everyone from Randy Rhodes to Precious Metal. That was your band, but Lindsey Buckingham. I mean, wow. So many people. A lot of people. Yeah. I mean, after my um, tenure with Precious Metal, I I kind of wasn't sure what I was going to do with music. And I, you know, I, I was trying to start another band and people were like, you know, offering me auditions for these sort of hired gun touring jobs. I'd never done that before. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it. And that's, uh, that's what started with the, with the Buckingham gig. Um, and Randy, uh, Randy Rhodes was my guitar teacher growing up. So, um, I didn't actually ever get to play with him, but, um, he was my electric guitar teacher for nearly five years. And, uh, he was, he wasn't as big as he got when he was in Ozzy's band. He was in, uh, yeah, Quiet Riot, which would, they were just a local band back then here in LA. Now I was really young, only girl. I was going to ask you, how old were you when you knew you wanted to play guitar? Well, I started at six on acoustic, and it was with a different teacher and playing finger picking and Mm -hmm. folk stuff. And um, I felt a really good connection to it. You know, I I was really trying to find something because I have two older brothers and, (laughs) you know, I was trying to, like, be them. Yeah. And try everything you could, you know, when you're young. I tried karate. That didn't really work out. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, I got I got punched and I forgot to tighten my stomach and I passed out. And yeah, oh. I was like, working. Tap dancing's not working. I don't like ballet outfits. No. Uh, and clarinet I tried in, in elementary school. And then once I, I got the guitar, what happened was my brother wanted to take guitar, then my mom, and then I was like, I'm going to try it. And, you know, it was like an immediate connection. It became sort of like a third arm to me, and I was I was good at it. I, I was like, oh my God, I'm good at this, and nobody has to tell me to practice. You know, I just really wanted to do it. So six six years old, and then about nine was when I started on electric, and that's when we found Randy, uh, who taught us. Nine. Yeah, he taught us at his mom's uh, uh, music studio, which happened to be around around the corner from my parents' house, and that was you know very convenient for them. And he was incredible. You know, we knew he was special. We, he was just as special. It was like taking lessons from Mozart, you know, basically. Yeah. And then he got the gig with Ozzy and, you know, stardom took over. And then, unfortunately, he met his demise in that tragic plane crash. But this year is the year he's being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Amazing. Wow. Which is great, you know. That is outstanding. You know, he really... um as as a guitarist and i know he's known like a heavy metal guitarist but he really encompasses a lot of styles and he influenced a lot of guitar players in his day and still to now yeah i mean because when you started with him at nine yeah what kind of stuff was he teaching you blues blues nice you know when i when i uh start on electric well even on acoustic on with people who want to learn lead and and Mm -hmm. Yeah, we start on blues, man. You know, rock, we don't have rock and roll without yeah, blues. Exactly. I'm actually doing a special blues project. That's that that is the focus of a recording uh, project, showing the roots of rock and roll, the real roots of rock and roll. Uh, and yeah, it was all blues scales. You know, Johnny B. Good. Yeah. 
you know, stuff like that. Right, right. No, that's where it all starts. I actually uh, picked up electric at 14, but my teacher was, it's almost like he didn't think I, as a girl, would have the ability. So he'd only teach me like the chorus of a song and no sheet music. I never left there with anything. So I didn't know, you know, I just thought, oh, uh, he's just teaching me these riffs. It was really you know, disappointing. Yeah, that's disappointing. And it's unfortunate that um, even to this day, there are teachers like that. And um, I know some people seek me out purely because I am a, a female, uh, but I have both male and female students. Um, and I love teaching little boys because then they grow up respecting mm -hmm. women in music. You bet. Um, but I got to tell you, with Randy, he was all business, man. He could get, I can't cuss, can I? He could care less. <laughs> he could care less if I was a, a female, and he yeah. could care less that I was nine. Okay. Well. Like, want to get good? Practice. Yeah, that's the clean version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I really appreciated that because I, I did grow up in that household of two older brothers and that competition of, you know, trying to find my own thing. Sure. You know? They would never let me play with them, you know, <laughs> couldn't play football with them and they had their friends. And so, you know, I got my guitar and that became my best friend and I, I was good at it, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason. And so I just locked myself up in my room and I was like, I am determined, you know, to just make, make this my life. Yeah. You know? I didn't know at the time it was going to be my life, but it has become my life. And your parents were incredibly supportive, it sounds they like. They were, yeah. I think they were happy I wasn't running around with all kinds of derelicts outside in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, no, my mom, uh, both of them were really uh, supportive, very supportive. I was, I was happy about that. Um, I, I think they were a little taken aback at the time that I decided to drop out of UCLA, you know. <laughs> um, Coming from one of those families where everybody went to college, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm the only one who didn't go. But they they could see that, you know, this was just going to be my life. Yeah. Um, I had the grades to go to, to, to university. I did, but I didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. I mean, I did a little acting when I was younger, but it, I always went back into music. And so I... I left college and uh, my university career became going on the road. Yeah. <laughs> that was my career. So you were in a band at what age? Yeah, 18. Well, I got in the band at 16. Mm -hmm. So in high school, my senior okay. year. And in fact, our very first show was, you know, on the quad lunchtime concert. <laughs> uh, on the quad, yeah. And, um, but I was playing clubs with them, Precious Metal, all female band, answered an ad back then in, um, remember the Recycler magazine? Um, there was a magazine, uh, not, it was like a newspaper. Okay. And it was really, it was really popular. It's, it, it was like today's Craigslist for musicians. Oh, all right. So I was always scouring through trying to join bands and, yeah, I, I was I was auditioning for different bands or jamming with bands, but they all had guys in them. And it either turned out, you know, they wanted to, to date me or they were jealous that I was a girl and I could play. Yes. You know, on the other hand, they liked that it was cool that I was a girl, but it, it was always so complicated. Was and it I, ego? Was it like ego too? Yeah. You know, it was a combination of all these things. And I, I was just serious. I, I was just, you know. Music. Yeah, music, yeah. guitar, you know, uh, and I saw this ad for an all-girl band. I was like, 
oh, that could be cool, you know, and I knew the, the Go-Go's and the Bangles had existed, and I was like, you know what, we need like a hard rock, the Runaways had come and gone by then. Okay. So this is 84. I knew who they were, but at that time, they weren't anything anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, let's, we need a hard rock, you know, a rock all-girl band, and that's what this ad was for, and I answered it, and you know, things happen really quickly. I mean, we started playing around clubs out here uh, when I was really young. I had to stay in the car because it was 21 and over. I could only go in for the, the game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I could go for the sound check. Then hey, I, come on in, wake up. That's right. Go back, play the gig, and then I had to leave. Um, and pretty much, you know, when I graduated at 18, I started going to, to college, and then we got a record deal. Uh, like on a regular label, you know, Polygram. So yeah. I was like, that's Big it. Deal. Yeah. I, well, I, I thought, you know, you have all these lofty ideas, you know, when these things happen. And I was like, I'm done with college and let's see how this record deal pans out. And, you know, we, we went through various record deals and it was it was tough climb. We made it to a certain level, you know, uh, of fandom or whatever you want to call it. And, um, whoops, let me turn this off and uh, stardom or whatever. We were very popular in, in LA and popular in certain parts of the country and we toured and I kind of cut my teeth in the music business on that band and I spent six years of my life in the band. Yeah. I don't know if you read the Wikipedia but there's a story about us doing our last final music video with Don. I did not, tell me. Well, we did a cover of Mr. Big Stuff which is an old Mo Motown song and we did it like kind of cheeky hard rock style and our our label president at the time was friends with donald trump and you know he was just like the your you know tabloid celebrity at that time mm -hmm. they they all thought it would be funny for him to be mr big stuff and he agreed to do it you know and he was gonna take a, a small payment and put it towards charity and we went to new york i met him i have pictures of we filmed it he was he was cheeky and funny and you know, playing along, and then um, right before, you know, MTV was going to, like, debut it on Headbangers Ball, it was really going to help break our band. Yeah. It was our last record, our final chance. He called the label and said, I want more money. And if you don't pay me more money, I am not allowing you to release it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Why is this not surprising? Come on. <laughs> so... They wouldn't pay him. He wanted some stupid, like, $200,000. Oh, and come on. We had to, like, reshoot the video with a double, just using, like, the tie, the red yeah. tie. And it just wasn't as cool, you know? The video just, you know, and and then grunge music started, Nirvana and Soundgarden, and then our label dropped us. You know, oh. that, that was 1991, something like that. And then what did you do? So, yeah, you know, harking back to the beginning of the this the uh, conversation a year i was like floating around i was working at recording studios um teaching a little play, jamming in some bands and my my singer and i started this other little band the singer from precious metal yeah. we were trying to do some different music more pop and uh somebody from our former record label that that precious metal was on had submitted me for an audition for uh lindsey's band and, you know, he was looking specifically for 
two females and two males. He had this guitar army, like five five piece guitar band thing. And yeah, I went to the audition and you know, it was the weirdest audition ever. It was like five hours, everybody's sitting around. Five hours? Yeah, literally. Like he everybody's sitting around doing I can't say what they were doing, but right. yeah. <laughs> smoking things. Yes. Yes. yes, smoking things. Yes. Talking. There's a lot of talking. A lot of talking. He's like checking checking me out, like my background and asking me not personal stuff, just yeah. like trying to get to know me. Cause you know, when you get in a band with people, yeah. you kind of live with them. It was sure. the strangest audition. Play this, you know, try playing this thing. Okay. All right, yeah. Try this harmony. Then I'd sing a little play. Cool. Then more talking. And then I left the audition. I was like, I don't know what just happened. Right. <laughs> I didn't hear anything for two weeks. And I was like, you didn't think you got it. No. And then uh, the agent lady who had facilitated the audition called me okay. one day and said, Lindsay loves you. You're going to do Leno next week. What? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And so that sort of began my whole hired gun you know, professional hired gun touring musician. Yeah. How long were you playing with him? Oh, a couple of years, two to three years. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really a, a big step up from Precious Metal because he's quite the perfectionist. Oh, yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of things were happening. He was taping us without us knowing. I mean, it Whoa. was, you know, he'd sit down with us individually and say, you know, if you don't clean up this part or you don't fix your singing on this, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> it was like, yeah. So I felt like, I felt, edge. well, I felt like precious metal was college. And then I felt like I was getting my master's degree or something, you know, right. In right, his, away. Yeah. right away, you know, yeah. with no experience. Um, but he purposely wanted unknown players. I think he wanted some, some new, new blood and, mm -hmm became a mentor uh, and I really felt like I rose to the occasion and I learned so much and I tell him this every time I see him he's like well that's what it's about you know he, he really is quite the teacher um, and yeah we did yeah. you know we toured with Tina Turner I, I played arenas I mean this is the first time huge yeah huge huge and uh, that was a, a big learning lesson yeah. and, and then, then from there well, then from there, you know, what happened was he started mentoring me more. He was taking me on the side. We were writing together. Mm -hmm. And he was encouraging me to do my own thing. Um, and I'd never really sang lead, you know, yeah. and write my own songs. I had not done that. I'd co-written a lot. In okay. Backgrounds. But, you know, the gig was coming to an end, and he was going to go back with Fleetwood Mac. That was the first, like, reunion tour they did. Yeah. I remember so the gig was coming to an end and I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, so I started writing songs, you know, I got a little four track. I started taking more vocal lessons. I quit smoking. Good. Started working out, um, you know, all kinds of all things. Good things. All really good things. I did turn down some auditions and one of them was with Alanis Morissette, who at the time didn't know she Damn was, it. she was a new artist, didn't know. You know, she had oh. record yet. This yeah. is this is before Jagged Little Pill. <sighs> right at the time she finished making that and she was putting her band together. Yeah. And I was like, No, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> you know, it's all good. It's yeah, okay. I know. Um 
And, you know, I would send songs to Lindsay, how does this sound? You know, and he would be bluntly, you know, critical. Shocker. <laughs> as he is. Yeah. Um, and I started putting a band together and playing around. And, you know, as time went on, I would get still other audition calls. And I started realizing I could probably do both of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could help. Because Meredith Brooks asked me to be in her band, and you know she knew I was doing my own thing, and she's like, you know, when we're off tour, you can play a show if you want. You can sell your CDs at the. Sh we were opening for Melissa Etheridge. She's like, bring your CDs. You can sell them next to mine. Nice. And and then she did some shows off that tour, and she's like, why don't you open for me? And I started opening opening my mind to sort of saying yes to everything. Yes. I mean, it's interesting because things that you haven't done, you're hesitant. But if you just say yes, you'll you'll grow into it. And that's the thing I tell a lot of musicians and students and, and people who, who want to do music for a living. I, I just I'm like, say yes to everything and figure it out later. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was really uh, conscious of, of that. And I just decided, you know, if my career is a mix of playing with different people, session work, uh, maybe doing some writing for film and TV, teaching, mm -hmm. my own solo thing, uh, and then I started the String Revolution, which we can talk about later, yeah. then I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. The, whole, the whole idea of getting a record deal and becoming this huge, you know, rock star or whatever, that's all really changed now, hasn't hasn't yeah, it has yeah so i sort of feel like if i can just make a living um pay my bills with the guitar in my hand whatever that may mean then i'm happy well and look at we talked through email but look at all the different age ages that are coming to you wanting to play guitar right now so many different ages i mean i've got the youngest is like seven or eight and then i've got like a 65 year old or no actually i have an older one 70 something a doctor uh, a male on um, and they're all different they're not all beginners some are pros they're some are on the road doing their thing and I'm just helping them with their technique okay. and I I was resistant to teaching too why I think that I I saw it as you know not really being a full musician and in fact it's more than being a full musician it's huge yeah right. and I think it was my dad who you know we talked about it recently passed away who, I'm sorry, by the way. It's okay. You know, he he really opened up my eyes to that. And he's like, you really should be teaching, too. Mm -hmm. You can still go on the road. Two. Still, two. Yeah. Because like, I was like, I don't want to read as a teacher, you know. Yeah. And he's like, you're not, he's like, first of all, you don't know what can come from teaching. It's true. You don't know what other opportunities could come. And I'm like. Okay, fine. And he was so right. I mean, I, I taught on a Quentin Tarantino film. I, I, I yeah, I taught um, some students that ended up playing live shows and they hired me to play in their band. I taught some students who wanted to record and write their own songs. So they come here to the studio and use my studio. I mean, you know, when you're going through these stages in, in life, and it's again, other things that I tell my students. Mm -hmm. You want to try to be open yeah and not so prideful right and um, maybe you thought like teaching was you like retiring from performing you know? i did i thought yeah. that 
And in fact, I, I'm not, I mean, when I was going to Europe quite a lot before the pandemic, I mean, I was teaching on the road too, on my days. Were. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, some students, you know, we took a break mm -hmm. and others who wanted to continue. Yeah. After the gig, I'm back in my hotel room teaching at, you know, 12 midnight and it's 8 a.m. here or yeah. 9 here. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's made me such a better musician. It's made me a Amazing. better guitar player better musician it's opened my mind to other artists out there that i would never listen to sure Amazing. and also new new artists you know from the from the younger people that i teach and i'm like where did you find that oh youtube you know they have all these ways of yes you know spotify this this yes. and, that. and i'm like and i think that's really important you know to stay current yes definitely yeah stay so they so the younger generation they're teaching you stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm teaching them stuff too. A lot of them want to learn the older classic rock stuff, which is, which is funny, but, um, cool. yeah, so that's been my journey. And I think it's, I think, you know, I've learned, like I said, to be open, to, to say yes to everything. And I think as an artist, no matter what kind of artist you are, that's what you really have to do. Yeah. And you, you have to experiment and, and just try stuff because you never know. Yeah. No, that's true. And also, I feel like now has been a great time to pick up the guitar, whether you are a newbie or you are revisiting it, because there's so much stress in the pandemic. And I know, like, I I wanted an Eddie Van Halen pedal, you know, and I wanted to learn a couple of his songs. And do I have them all down? No. But do I know most of it? Yes. And it's just, it's a way for me to relax. It's so relaxing. You no, know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I know people struggled these last couple of years, but I, I'm, I'm happy to say that, yeah. I, I went to Zoom and I was getting all these influx of, of students. I had to turn some away. I believe it. Um, because I, I limit my amount of students. Otherwise, I would have no time, you know, for my other bands and my, my writing. For you, I mean, you have to feed your creative yeah. soul. Right. Right. You know. So, yeah, and I've been fine teaching on Zoom, and it, I tell people all the time, you know, it's therapeutic, it's therapy, um, it's good for your, you know, my dad died of dementia, mm -hmm. uh, so it's really, they say that music stimulates some of these, you know, uh, what do they call the synapses yeah, that no. we don't normally stimulate, and right. that can maybe, you know, put off Alzheimer's or dementia. I believe it. It's all good. It's all good for your coordination, for your mental health, physical health, everything. Well, you see it in students. Let's say somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, I used to listen to Aerosmith when I was younger. I really want to learn Walk This Way. Right. And you are able to help them learn it. And go. then all of a sudden you, you see them playing it and there's like a spark in them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love seeing that spark in their eyes. I also really love, one thing I really love is the shy kids that come to me, uh, boys and girls, who have self-esteem issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I see their self-esteem change, not that they get all, you know, into themselves, right. but it's it helped my self-esteem, it literally saved my life growing up. Uh, music has done that for me just in general, but I can see what it does for kids. And that's why it's so important for, for younger kids, you know, but, but even, even adults, it just helps you feel good about yourself. But some of my kids, like one kid was being bullied 
And then, yeah, he learned eruption, you know, from Captain <laughs> Allen. And there was no more bullying after that. I would say not. <laughs> yeah, so it's incredible, so cool. you know, the power of music and um, right. all ages. Yeah. So those of you out there, I encourage you, it doesn't have to be guitar. It can be anything that you want. But yeah. some, some kind of thing where you you learn it and you do it and then you're like, oh, my God, I just did that i just did that thing and look how good i feel right yeah definitely so talk about string revolution so string revolution was born out of just me wanting to take a break from my solo project for a minute and i also had a a, a vocal cord injury and i had surgery and my voice wasn't feeling up to par and i was like what could i do and then i was thinking about Lindsay's band i was like a guitar band you know <laughs> Yeah. You see a lot of solo guitars out there, but I was like, you know, what if I put together a guitar band um, where we try to experiment on the guitar, use it like a like a drum or, you know, like, because especially with acoustic where you're like, you know, you're like, yeah. you know, these things. Yes. So I did the Lindsey Buckingham thing. I put an ad. Well, he didn't do that, but I wanted to find new players, too. I put an ad in. Okay. okay. Put an ad in Craigslist. I found these great guys. Not one girl answered me. Oh. Not one girl player. And I was so open to it. Yeah. But I found these incredible guys and back in 2015, 2014 and 2014. And um, it just clicked. You know, we got together a rehearsal. It clicked. And we wanted to, you know, write instrumentals where you can utilize different parts of the guitar, mm -hmm. make arrangements, and not just noodling. And like, look yeah. at me. Not that. Right. Of course, show off some skills, but make sure that the songs we were writing were actually songs yes. <laughs> where they had like melodies, but the sure. melodies were being played uh, by the guitar. So, you know, things things came pretty fast for us and we started playing around and we built up a following mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we got to play some places that I couldn't play <laughs> as a song artist. Well, I mean, I couldn't get in the Grammy Museum. We were invited, you know. As right. revolution, I think it's an unusual band. You know, it's not a singer-songwriter thing. Right. Nothing wrong with that, but it's it's we're it's unusual. You know, mm -hmm. to see only four guitar players, no drums, no bass, no. Yes. We do have one song that has singing, but you know, it's all based around the guitar, and they're you could unique arrangements. And then we started playing around with some covers like Billy Jean and Rocket Man. And those started doing really well on Spotify. And now we're up to like 4 million streams. So amazing. You know, I was like, I will get back to my solo thing. But I was like, you know, this is cool. I want to keep yeah. doing this. Let's develop it more. Let's get, and we, we did go on the road. Uh, but then the pandemic hit. And pandemic. But then you did the car song. So the car song, that's, that's a podcast that guy does. Mm-hmm called couch, couch riffs yeah and first you do the interview and then he has you play a song but we didn't get to the song till later and yeah that was amazing he basically all of his guests are asked to play a cover song and he gives you a, a list okay. and and i've seen all these songs i loved and then i was like oh my god the cars i love the cars like i listened to that record candy o i think or whatever it was i think that's i'm not really sure but like, i love that song yeah, I mean, I don't know. I listened to that record like so much, and I was obsessed with El with Elliot Easton's guitar work. I just thought it was like so good, and it wasn't 
not that I don't like Van Halen or, of course, Randy, but it wasn't that kind of flashy stuff. It was right. different, yeah. you know. And so I picked just what I needed, and, and he was like, yeah, let's do that. And, you know, he sent me the tracks, and everything's, you know, now online, right? He's sending mm -hmm. tracks, and then I, I played to it. And I'm telling you, man, I had to work on that solo. And, I mean. You killed it. Well, I worked on it a lot. I, I mean, I was like, I'm going to get to solo. <laughs> you know, Ellie Easton is an acquaintance on Facebook, and I'm like, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get it good, and I'm going to put a few things in the song. That's me. Okay. And then I'm going to send it to him and see what he thinks, you know, just because. <laughs> and what were you thinking after you hit send? I was like, he's not going to answer me. That's what I was thinking. Aww. Because I, I had sent him other messages and he, he never got oh. back. This time he got back to me. And he's like, Janet, I think this is the best versions I've heard of this Whoa. song and this solo. And I was like, oh my God, I'm done. I can retire. <laughs> so, no. Compliment. Huge. Huge, Huge compliment. And I, I just... I was really pleased. But again, you know, the learning never stops. I think that's what I like about, you know, this and being an artist. You know, there's always room, mm -hmm. always room to grow, always room to learn more from other artists and always stuff to stretch, just stretch your abilities. And I mean, literally my fingers after doing that solo so many times and trying to get it right. I mean, they were, I have thick calluses, but they were pretty raw. I bet. You know, they, they were hurting the next day, and it was awesome. I yeah. love those challenges. I, I love that. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you are practicing, yeah. Does, is your phone like off and no distractions and you tell everybody like, hey. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I um, yeah, I, I turn off my phone or I, you know, uh, it's that that way. Uh, and definitely when I'm recording in here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm married, but we have two places. <laughs> One, this is across the street from yeah. other residents. So this is my studio. Okay. And that, that was like. Uh-uh, you know, I'm keeping this place. I think it's important for artists to have a space. I agree. To, you know, be crazy. Is your spouse a musician? It's a woman, and yes. she's not a musician. She's okay. in, she's in um, manufacturing and sales. You know, like okay. Something I need to learn. <laughs> no, she's not a musician. She loves music, though. She's a... Is um, an artist as far as a photographer. She's a really great photographer, but she does does it as a hobby. Yeah, um, yeah. She's very supportive, and I think she's okay with with this. Sometimes yeah. she's like, yeah, go back to the studio. Get out. I need you to get out. You can go now. Take the animals and go across the street. Yeah. It's an interesting setup, but you know, look, someday we'll have a house. But I'll still want a a studio. I still. <laughs> need a place to not be disturbed and not worry somebody's listening to all my singing off key or whatever it is I'm doing. Well, and I ask you that because um, I think sometimes it can be hard for people to understand when you need that time to go submerse yourself in your music. You don't have to be a pro. I mean, I'm not a pro and I need no. that time to just go work on a song. I need that mental break. Well, everybody needs a mental break of some yeah. sort. 
Um, and I, I think what's hard being with a musician is that sometimes things come up last minute. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, you know, we're going away somewhere. I can't. I just got this right. you know, gig yeah. or something. I mean, I, I'm in a place now where I can say no to some things or I can say, look, can you wait for me or something? I have some flexibility more now than I did when I was younger. But I think that's hard on your partner. It is. Yeah, you know, we, we go through it. But yeah. she has things too, and she travels quite a bit. Well, before the pandemic. Right. She travels for business. But we're both pretty, you know, we're workaholics. We are workers. Mm -hmm. And then I really do try to have that time when we're together, no work. That's good. Because it's uh, so easy to have these distractions and people are pulling on you and you're stressed. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough year, you know, with my dad mm -hmm. and my parents getting older. Yeah. And dealing with with that, you know, um, yeah. at this at this age in my life, things are different now. Other things are important too. Right. I feel like the wisdom and the relationship you had with your dad was such a gift because I don't know, I, I had a similar thing with my dad. Like he could say something, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, damn, he was so spot on. I know. I know. Sometimes we didn't agree, but like this show is called Get the Funk Out. He's like, I don't like it, even though he constantly used the f bomb. I think um, it's cool. But sometimes a dad can say something because they see something in you and you're like, wow, that is such a good idea. That's what he said, you know, to me about that, you know, about teaching. And but he he I mean, my mom's always supported me, but he was a huge fan. He was yeah. always at my shows. He would randomly get dancing on stage. I saw that picture. Yeah. In the newsletter. He was very proud of me. And, you know, um, I think he. I think he was happy. I was happy. Yeah. And that, that what I was doing was making me happy. Yeah. And it didn't matter anymore. The, the rock, the, the rock star, uh, um, persona. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he was a dentist and he was the kind of dentist that he was never charging people for things they didn't need. Wow. So That's not a that lot. Not that all dentists do that. Yes. But yeah, he didn't become one of those, you know, flashy dentists, you know, making millions of dollars and stuff like that. He really was. Just, that's why everybody loved him. He was just so honest. I grew. I grew up with that. That being honest. Yeah. Be your be your true self. Um, be kind. Be kind. Yeah. You know, accept yourself. Love yourself. Mm -hmm. If you fail. Try again, learn, try again. Yeah. All, all these things that keep are going. I bet yeah. he said, keep going. Oh yeah. 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 He said, keep going. Yeah. You know, um, don't give up all these things. And, and yeah, I remember breaking up with, with a previous in a relationship it was really bad breakup, really hard one. And he, he was so cute. He, he made this little certificate and he had it laminated. It said best daughter in the world. Oh, Janet. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Oh, what a gem. What a gem. Mm. You know, so. I, uh, what a I'm, blessing. I'm going to miss him, you know. When did he make that? Like 10 that years was, ago? That was a while ago. Yeah, oh, that was. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Adorable. It was, you know, it's so accepting of you. So in every part of you. Every part of me, but yeah. that's not always the case, as you know. No, no, with my, my, you know, lifestyle and, uh, yes, 
gender choice of partners. Um, I don't think it was easy, you know, when I came out young, mm -hmm. but then they could see again, I'm being my genuine self. And you're happy. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're an artist too, like you have, everybody's an artist. Mm -hmm. Be yourself. You're an artist. If you are genuinely yourself, you accept yourself, that's being an artist. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Go ahead. Where, where can people find out more about you? JanetRobin.com. And then the thestringrevolution.com. Right now, no gigs booked. We did do a house concert in Pasadena a few weeks ago. It was outdoors, COVID safe. We're looking for a few more of those, or one more at least by the end of the year. But it's been hard to book indoor stuff right now. It's sure. just, but we hope in 2022 to do some East Coast, maybe West Coast touring end of 20, well, like summer 2022. Okay. Right now we're working on recording recordings. Um, if you're interested in lessons, you can just find me on online. I'm also on Yelp, believe it or not, just under my oh, name. You are. And I do do some recording here. Sometimes I do demo work for people. Uh, and I was uh, mentioning uh, a blues recording project. I'm taking old blues records and I'm playing on top of them with new instrumentation. Whoa. And I'm renewing them. It's called Blues Renewed. And that's going to be my new solo project uh, for a little bit. I'm going to focus on that, take that out on the road. Like B.B. Uh, King or John Lee Hooker? or Yes, but I'm actually going to play to these real old, more unknown artists, more unknown, like 1920s, early 30s tracks of just guitar and vocal. And I'm putting drums and bass and percussion and guitar, sometimes background vocals, and I'm playing all the instruments myself and doing it all here. So once I get all the licenses cleared and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, yeah. I'm going to release it as two volumes and I'm going to take it on the road and sort of do kind of a semi-educational show too. You mean how to do uh, DAW and how to do the tracks? No, education about who these artists are. Who the artists are, okay. Listen to this guitar riff. Doesn't it sound like this riff in ACDC? Yeah. So the correlation of how the guitar developed from early blues into what we know now as rock, pop, whatever, um, focused on the guitar, of That's course. Amazing. Does ACDC, I noticed like some of the solos are pentatonic? Like yeah, minor pentatonic. Minor, okay, so I thought so. I mean, this, you know, this riff. Everybody's like, you know, that's yeah. that's not Chuck Berry. Yes, it is. He made it popular, but right. that comes from early, way earlier. Robert Johnson and all these other Robert people. Johnson, okay. You know, all these things. You know, educate people. And I'm not a blues expert. I'll say that, but I have learned a lot more, and I just want to bring it out, and I want to bring out some of these extraordinary songs. You should hear these songs and the vocal, like the the passion in their voice. It's amazing. What a great project. Thank you. I can't wait till it's out. And uh, maybe we could talk about that another I love that. But yeah, uh, I'm hoping to have that out in 2022. It's a lot of licensing legal issues. Oh, I bet. I want to do it fairly. And I do want to give royalties to any family members that are around. But yeah. yeah. So what's, what's that museum? Museum of Making Music? Is that San Diego? Have you ever... Yes, we played, I've played there with the String Revolution. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would be a good place to do yeah. a show like that. When Nam, when Nam comes back? 
Yeah, I mean, any of those kinds of places, you yeah. know, um, where we can have a, a, a question and answer about these things, you know. Right. And I would love to take a band out, but it's financially so expensive. So I would be playing to tracks with my various guitars. Yes. You know, yeah. playing to tracks, playing, and maybe show a film behind, sort of multimedia show. Great idea. That's it. That's what I got. Posted. That's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot going on. But anyway, yeah, thank you for having me. This was was really great. It was great. All right. Well, this will be the first of many, I hope. All right. Thanks, Jim.